welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Men podcast. Today's topic is a personal story. I'm going to take you through a personal story of why, why I'm a relationship coach. Because I've been getting this question often, and I figured, why not answer it? <laughs> I did do a podcast episode on my story. If you guys have not yet checked out that episode, go ahead and check it out. It's literally called My Story. Um, it's an earlier episode, probably midway through at this point. Um, so yeah, before I dive into this topic, please head over, give this podcast a rating and review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. And as you guys know, I'll send you over the Ideal Woman Questionnaire, which is a questionnaire to help you get clearer on the woman you want to attract. It's so important to know where your focus is, right? Because what you focus on, you get. So if you don't know what you're focusing on, or if you find that you're focusing on all the negative parts of women or all the things you really don't want, and you guys will be like, oh, well, why would I focus on that? Trust me, most of you are. And it's in a sense where you're saying, well, I don't want this in a woman and I don't want that and I don't want this to happen to me again and I don't want this to happen. But when you do that, you put all your energy towards those things. Therefore, you focus on them. Okay? So when you want to focus on what you want, you got to know what you want first and you got to be clear about it. So that's what this Ideal Woman Questionnaire helps you do. If you rate and review my podcast, send a screenshot to me at stefganowski on IG. S-T-E-P-H-G-A-N-O-W-S-K-I. I can send that questionnaire over over to you and it will really help you guys. All right. So diving into the episode. Why am I a relationship coach? Hmm. <laughs> well, it really started with me just being in the coaching industry. Um, I've been in the co- – I've been coaching for almost like – I want to say like seven years now. Um. 28 and I started fitness coaching at around all right I was probably 22 yeah I was probably 22 maybe 21 actually when I had my first fitness client so for, I started in fitness um I got NASM certified and I was really intrigued by by the fitness world I was one of those girls that was you know posting uh butt selfies all the time which I'm sure you guys wish I was doing now but now it's just just my face sorry sorry about that um, <laughs> but I really was in a different place mentally. It was crazy because I was super insecure when I was doing that. And it's, it was just, everything was, you know, my body and you got to work out, you got to work out, see your workouts, you know, and it's like, that's what I lived for. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. And it's, you know, I was insecure, but at the same time, fitness grew me into my security as a woman. It made me really confident in my body. And although there were many ups and downs in, in my fitness experience, um, they were all for the better at the end of the day. So I did take on clients. I did get certified. I got really interested in, in, you know, what makes, what, 
What makes people lose weight? What helps the body to become healthier? And how do we get healthier? And how do we stay there? And, you know, how many reps of exercises? How many sets? Like, I was always so confused by it. And I wanted to learn more. I wanted to help other people do it. Um, just because I was so excited about it. And I loved working out. I still love working out. I actually like it, guys. Like, <laughs> I enjoy going to the gym. It's not, otherwise I wouldn't go twice a day sometimes, you know? Like, I, I do enjoy it. It makes me feel really good. Um, so yeah, and I think it just got to, it got to the point where I was just so into it myself. So I started coaching other people and I would, I would go to, I would go to people's houses. I would train people at parks. Um, I started working at a corporate gym, um, and I had a bunch of clients there. Then I left and then I just did mostly home stuff. And I was really, I was just really, um, honestly, at that point I was fed up with it. (laughs) I wanted to stop. And I was like, you know what? These clients or these people are taking the joy out of fitness for me. And it was true. Like the more I had clients who didn't want to do their workouts or would complain about working out. And I was like, my clients were all over the place. I didn't have like one specific type of client I worked with. You know, I worked with young girls. I worked with older men. I worked with couples. Um, I worked with older moms who were friends who made it like a day fun thing, you know? So, so I had all these different types of people and for the most part, they weren't people who were like, yeah, like let's do this workout. Let's get it. And like, they didn't have the same mentality I did as working out or fitness wise. And I wasn't the type of person that wanted to put up with people who didn't want to put in the work. You know, I wasn't, I, I just wasn't about that. So it actually was taking the joy away from me and then I, I quite, but I questioned it, you know, instead of running away, I just questioned and I said, why don't these people want to work out like me? And I, I started listening more to their pain. And as people, people joke around all the time, if you're a, if you're a personal trainer, you're also a shrink. <laughs> and that's so true. So I did get a lot of shrink experience, <laughs> you know, psychological experience just by being a personal trainer and listening to people's problems outside of their health world. Outside of their health experience, it was their relationships, you know, what they were worried about with work, their stress, their kids, what was going on with their husbands, their wives. You know, there was so much to it in our conversation while training that it, it really became like a one-on-one, very confidential type conversation with all my clients. So I, I really did want to understand their mindset more. And it got to the point of me saying, all right, well, they're not losing weight because they're not putting in the effort and they're not, they're not really trying. And they apparently they don't want it bad because they're not really trying, but why don't they want it bad? You know, and I would ask these questions to myself and I said, I need to tap into their mind. And that's when I realized fitness is all mental. You know, people just, people think it's physical, but it's really not. It's, it's about where your head is mentally, what, what your thought process is, why you really want to lose the weight. And so many people don't ask themselves that. They just, they dive into a diet. You know, they go from eating like total shit to totally nothing, <laughs> right? And they don't even, they didn't even answer the question, why do I want to lose weight? So I became more and more intrigued with that question of why. Why? But why? Why do you want that? Okay, what will that do? Why? Why is that important? Why? And I started um, taking on clients, but targeting uh, our sessions in more of the mental manner where I would ask them more questions about their fitness, but 
but questioned their intention for what they really wanted out of it. So it became less about the workouts and more about like, all right, let's talk about what's going on in your head. And instead of you just venting to me, let's actually talk about it, you know, and I, we can have like a full conversation. I didn't flat out say this to them, but this is how I changed my mindset around my coaching for fitness. So I brought in mindset coaching to fitness and that became more interesting to me. Um, I studied psychology in school, so I have a BA in psychology and I, I started reading at the time I started reading my first books around like the age of 24 or something around there. Yeah, I was like 24, 23 or 24. And, and when I really got into reading, of course, I dove into like psychology books and mindset books because that was my primary interest and it was helping me. Um, and I was trying to figure out, you know, what I would do with my life because I knew that fitness, the, the fitness, uh, industry was just taking the passion out of it for me. You know, like I wasn't as passionate about my own fitness life and health because it was a job, right? It was work and it was no longer fun. So I said, all right, this is definitely not something I want to do for the rest of my life, but I am helping my clients right now. I am enjoying helping them in the mental aspect. So, you know, I still enjoy it. I'm going to do it for, for money until, you know, something else comes up. And at the time I was living in New Jersey and I was, I was working multiple jobs. I took on, you know, I had these fitness jobs. Uh, I was working for a corporate a corporate gym, but then I left the gym and I, I brought some clients with me. Shh, don't tell anybody. Um, from there I, I started, you know, I started training people in their homes at parks, all that stuff. I brought on more clients. So I had individual clients. Um, and then I was working at a country club too. I was a waitress for five years. Um, and as I was a waitress, I'm just taking you through my past uh, work experience to show you like what I was getting myself involved in. Um, so I was waitressing Right. And when I was waitressing for five years, I I was waitressing for about three years at that point. And I said, I said, okay, well, how can I kick it up a notch in terms of waitressing? Like I could do more than waitress. I could, I could bartend, you know, I could make more money doing that. And that would get me around more people and that would get me more comfortable socializing. And, and I really did want to communicate more with people. Like I really, was always fascinated with people, like people's stories and just talking to people. And it's funny because I'm not an extroverted person. I'm an introvert, naturally. Uh, a lot of people were like, what? No, you're not. I totally am, guys. <laughs> like Friday night, I would rather be by myself in my room. Like it's really sad, but like that's my happy place. Um, and of course, I love my friends and I love going out. But even when I go out, I'm not going to be the one running around to everyone saying hello or like, you know, initiating conversations. I'm going to be the one observing conversations, <laughs> like the creepy shrink in the corner. Um, that's me. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I went from waitressing and then I bumped it up to bartending. I went to bartending school. I got my license. I know it's really nerdy, but I did it. It was fun. It was fun as fuck. It was like one of the coolest things I've ever done. <laughs> my class was so neat. It was like an actual bar setting and we would practice like speed rounds. And my teacher was awesome. She was like this crazy rocker chick with this long, she was like really skinny and wore these tall heels and had like long blonde like dreads. <laughs> It was crazy, but she was so cool. Like this raspy boy, she would smoke like six packs a day. She's crazy. It was crazy. This class was just, it was so much fun. Um, so anyway, I got certified in bartending and then I told the country club, Hey, I'm certified in bartending. Look, I have a license. Like, can I, you know, start bartending here? And they said, all right, well, you can have like the outside pool. No one really bartends there. And at this point they knew me, right? Like I was there for three years waitressing. I was really close, um, 
with the whole staff, you know, with the, it was really like a family because this is a private country club. You know, all the members owned it and they knew me and they loved me. So they're like, all right, st- let's staff bartend outside. So I was like, okay, cool. So I started bartending. I set up a Steph's drink special, <laughs> Steph's pool special. And, um, you know, I would write, make my own little signs and I would come up with drinks. Like I would literally like test drinks and make drinks. I would be drunk all day working. So, like, I was like, okay, it was, it was the most fun guys. It was, it was so much fun. It really was, but I would get drunk like every day. So it wasn't ideal for me. Um, but what it did was it, it taught me that, Hey, if you, if you want to level up, all you got to do is, is make a move and, and prove that you can do it. You know, I really believe that I could do it. I went to bartending school. I was like, Hey, I'm licensed. I knew the people I asked. Sometimes you just got to ask. And that was a really big lesson for me. Like all I had to do was simply ask and it bumped me up to be able to waitress. And then if the pool was like busy outside, I just went out and I made my own drinks. I I got drunk and I served people around the pool and it was super fun and I got tipped like crazy. So it was fun. Um, then, you know, then I'm doing that for a while. Then they had like inside parties with weddings and, you know, I, I worked in fine dining as a waitress. So I said, Hey, like I can, I can help, you know, work the inside bartending and, and, you know, wear my tux. Yes, I wore a tux. Uh, when I went to malls, people thought I was like a stripper because I would have like this long blonde hair and a high ponytail and walk in with a tux and, and I would get tipped in $1 bills. Right. So I would like buy things like $100 cash in $1 bills. (laughs) I remember like, I remember me and my friend went into the mall and we were like paying for something really expensive with $1 bills. (laughs) And we were dressed in these tuxedos and our blonde hair. We both, we looked like twins. We had glasses and blonde hair. It was so funny. Oh my God. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's my life paying things in $1 bills from my tips. So, so then from there, you know, I'm bartending and I'm bartending inside and outside. I'm making a lot more money and I'm like, hey, like in the meantime, I got, um, in the meantime, I got a nanny job too. So I was like, all right, I got a few jobs floating around. I had fitness clients. I had a nanny job. I had, um, I had the bartending thing going and I was a waitress, you know, whenever they needed me. So actually, yeah. So then I was like, I was like, all right, how can we step this up a notch again? Right. So I was outside and I was, I don't know if I was like bartending outside on the green. You know, there's like a halfway house if you guys play golf. And I was hanging out there with, um, with my friend who worked in the house. And, you know, I drove the golf cart out there and I would hang out with her from time to time. And, and I knew, I realized I listened to the men on the course. Right. And they'd be like, Oh, my back is fucking killing me. Like, Oh, my back. Uh. And like they'd be complaining about their back or their shoulders. And, um, and they were like, you know, they're twisting all the time. They're twisting. So they're hurting themselves. And I, I realized, you know, the repetition of the repetition of their, of their movements was really doing damage on their, on their bones, on their joints. Their joints were like really, they were really in pain. So I'm like, all right, well, what can I do based on what I learned, based on what I know as a fitness trainer you know, what can I do to, to help these guys? And I was like, they could really use some stretching. Cause like, what if I just like stretch them, found a way to like stretch them in between the game so that they were more, you know, more limber and more warm. Um, so they didn't just go out and start swinging cold and, and hurt themselves even more, you know? So I said, Hey, what if I went to like massage school and, you know, did something to, 
what if I got into being a masseuse, you know, because I'm, I'm a fitness trainer. I'm used to stretching. I know enough about the anatomy to not hurt anyone. Um, so I was like, I could totally do that. So I went to sign up for massage school. And for some reason, I didn't go through with it. I think the teacher was really weird. And I, I just read a book. She gave me a book and I read it and I looked it over and I said, yo, this is really like easy and basic. Like not the massage, not the, uh, masseuse not that it's that easy you know to be a a masseuse you got to know you got to know a lot you got to you know but um (laughs) but what I what I was doing just to loosen up their lower back and their shoulders it wasn't rocket science you know and I I was used to stretching people out in in the gym so I was like I could do this I got this so I bought a I bought a massage chair and I bought a massage table and I was like hey and I approached you know the manager of the country club again and and um the, the top the top guys who own the country club, right? The members. And I said, hey, I'd love to bring massage, like bring a massage service to to the country club to offer to the members. And they were like, oh, are you a masseuse? And I was like, well, I'm not technically certified, but I mean, I know what I'm doing. This is all I would do, like blah, blah, blah. And, um, and they were like, all right, like, go ahead, go for it. And I was like, okay. So I brought, I would drive out a massage chair to the green, like to the halfway house and I would set out a chip, a tip jar and I would just take tips from the members and I would just give massages like two to five minute massages and I'd get tipped like 20 bucks, you know, for a massage. So I would dr- I would even drive around on the course for big events, right? They, some events were all day events. So I would stay for like 18 hours at these events <laughs> and they were only a couple, they were only a few a year, but I made, I made really good money at these events and I realized, Hey, Like, this was something, the lesson here was, you know, look for a problem and try to solve it. You know, just look for a problem and come up with a solution. And that's literally what I did. I saw a problem. I heard the guys complaining all the time. I realized, hey, I can solve that. I help people um, avoid pain in the gym. I can help these guys avoid pain when they're golfing. And I can make it a more pleasant experience. You know, plus I was, plus like, come on, I'm like, I was like young and hot. I'm not going <laughs> to avoid, I mean, I'm still, I'm still young and hot. No, but like, but you know, like obviously like the, the guys weren't going to be like, no, we don't want her touching us. And I know that probably sounds horrible, but like, but it really was an easy sell. <laughs> what I'm saying, I was just like, guys, like I can actually do this. Like I actually have the skills and it would be a fun experience for like everyone. So it was really, it was really cool. Um, I would just bring my chair outside and I would just loosen up their backs. Right. And then that was it. And I'd be like, all right, bye. And they had food out there. Like it was a very awesome experience. And it really just came from me opening my mouth and telling them that I could solve a problem. Um, so once again, I just asked and I got what I, I got, I got it because I asked for it. Um, and then, so then I'm doing that, right? And I, I'm also bartending. I'm also waitressing when they need me. I also have the nanny job. Um, and I also have fitness clients. And then I start training members as fitness clients. Um, then I get tied into this tattoo sales company. It's a very small private company, uh, a small business that just was starting, and, and I said, Hey, you know, I was going to be like the sales rep to open up shops for this, for this new tattoo supply business. And it's so out of my realm. Like, I don't know anything about tattoos, guys. I don't have any tattoos. I don't have one tattoo. And I was like, all right, like I'll sell tattoo supplies and open up shops in the Jersey, New York area. So you know, I was helping out, I was helping out a friend at the time doing it. 
Um, and yeah, it was just, I went out, I got a crate, I filled it with the supplies and I walked to tattoo shops and I asked them if they were interested in the product. I was selling needles and I was <laughs> like, can you see me doing this? It was so random. And you should see the guy's faces staring at me. Like, do you have any tattoos? And I was like, no, <laughs> It's like, no, I don't, but I got really good supplies. Like, we have great, you know, great reviews. Test it out for yourself. Like, check it out. And um, and the guys just love me. Like, the tattoo guys really loved me. And um, it was fun because they, like, they were so laid back. They were really chill people. Um, They were really cool. Like, we had good conversations whenever we went in. You know, there was never any drama. It was just like, yo, you want something today? No? Okay, bye. See you next week. You know, I'll come back later. Um. And sometimes I drive like 40 minutes to sell two boxes, you know, just because it was like, you got to keep the client. Um, So that was interesting. And that taught me that I can do things outside of my interest and still be good at it, you know, because it was like, I've never done like cold sales. Like I never really walked into a place not knowing anything about them and just selling them some product that I really didn't even know much about. And I had no experience of it on my body. Like I don't have any tattoos. So it was very hard to relate in the industry and like sell this thing and, and have them interested in me coming back to sell it to them as their official product. So or what they use to tattoo people, you know? So it was, it was really cool. Like it was just, it was just an eye opening experience to just prove that, okay, like you can do you can really do whatever stuff. Like you just have to know what to do. And I think that was the lesson in that. Um, when I was nannying, I don't know what type, I'm trying to think of the lesson I got (laughs) from nannying. Um, the last day I nannied before I moved out to California, I fainted guys. (laughs) Literally, I literally fainted. I think I had like food poisoning or something, but I fainted. And I remember blacking out and the girl screaming. And she's like, Stephanie! <laughs> she, called. she called 911. The cops came. Oh, my God, it was a wreck. I was, like, slowly waking up. It was so bad. But um, what I learned from nannying, uh, nannying taught me patience. Seriously, it really did. And, and these kids, the kids I nannied, oh, bless them. But in the beginning, they were very, very difficult to deal with. They were crazy. It was a boy and a girl and they were just like, <laughs> like would scream about everything. Um, to the point where I was just like, what is wrong with these children? Like something is wrong with them. And I was very, you know, I was always like, I, it was very, it was very hard to calm them down. And that really did take a level of patience for me to understand them, but also to understand a child's mind. You learn a lot from kids man, like I never realized that. Like the things these kids would say, especially the girl, were so eye-opening and so like simple and like really brought me back to like just the basics of life, you know? And then, and we just taught each other so much and I actually grew really close with her and I miss her now that I'm talking about this. Um, and cause she was great. She was really brilliant little girl and he was, he was brilliant too. I was just close to the girl, but, but it was very, um, you know, you kind of learn that that we take things way too seriously as adults. You know, and there needs to be there needs to be more play and and also we need to have patience and we need to we need to just we need to just wait. Sometimes we just have to wait and see and see what works and just just wait for the goodness. 
I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but they taught me, they just taught me a lot of patience. And I just had to, I just know that sometimes I have to wait things out. And sometimes, I mean, I I do often have to wait things out. And even today, like I'm just reminded all the time by my coach, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Have patience, have patience. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It takes years to master something. And that's what you want to do. You want to master it. You don't want to jump from thing to thing. You want to get really fucking good at one thing and you want to be the best at it. And that takes patience, you know, and it's really hard. It's hard to like not see, not see results so quickly and then see something really shiny and want to do that thing, you know, and it's like, oh, maybe that will work, right? Like (laughs) maybe that will work because this is not working. No, this is working. Just, you just got to give it more time. So, so yeah, I think, um, I'm able to do that because of, because of, um, nannying the kids. I think that did teach me a lot of lessons in terms of just waiting it out, right? And having patience and also having more fun and being silly. I was allowed to be silly with them. And then when I left them, I, I lost some of that. And I was like, wait, I want that back. You know, I don't have to lose it. So that was really interesting. Um, what waitressing taught me was, you know, you can work really hard and, and get shit on. <laughs> that was a really hard job. Um, it really is like the toughest job. Like people aren't kidding when they say that waitressing you like you put, it's just so much effort. You're on your feet the whole time. It's nonstop. It's like, if people are disappointed, it's your fault. You know, you get yelled at. I had, I had people who made me cry like multiple times and, um, and it was hard, you know, it's hard, especially in fine dining. You know, they have all these high expectations. Everything has to be perfect. Um, so yeah, I learned that, but I learned that hard work pays off, you know, cause when you get a good tip at the end of the night, it feels good, you know? And even if you get a tip, sometimes I would hardly do anything for a table, but they knew me to be a good person and they knew me to be a hard a hardworking girl and they would just tip me just because they knew that was me and or just because they knew I was sweet you know or I treated people decently and it really it really shows like you really do get it showed that you get rewarded for your efforts you get rewarded for being a good person and um and yeah that's what I learned and that's what I that was my probably my favorite takeaways from from waitressing and just just getting down and dirty and and working as hard as you can and just and having fun. I had a really fun experience the majority of my time waitressing. I really did. I like some of my best friends waitressed with me or they were waiters and it was it was a blast. But it was it was hard work and I think that's that really taught me that that, you know, you could be doing this all your life or, you know, you could see what else was out there. And I think that's that's what I did. I was just looking around for other things to see what related to that. And that's why I had all those, those other jobs. Um, I know I had another job. I can't think of it right now. Um, maybe that was all of them. I had the massaging, I had the masseuse job, even though I wasn't an official masseuse. (laughs) I had a fitness trainer job. I had the tattoo sales job. I had the nanny job. Um, oh, I also, uh, waitress at a seafood restaurant too, partially. And then... I had something else. I can't think of it. Ah. Um, yeah, and I bartended on the side. So I had a lot of things that I I did. And even if, even, I'm trying to think, like, I did stupid stuff too. Like, if someone had a party and they put out, like, they put out, um, 
say like an ad to help cook, help them cook or something, like I would hop on that. <laughs> I would I would do like all these random jobs that I that I found through friends and stuff because it was like it was like I was just trying to like make money but also like have my own time and that was really important to me. Like I wanted to make money on my own time and I wanted to make my own schedule. And with all these things, like I was able to do it really at a time when it was most convenient for me. And even though I was I had like a ton of stuff going on, you know, the nanny job was pretty much the only one that was like holding me down a little bit. Like I didn't have full control over that. But um but the other ones was really just like come at like work when you want. So that was always very ideal for me. And even though my schedule was crazy at one point, it was still like, I'm still in control, you know, and I I loved having that sense of control. So moving out here, you know, I had all this, this coaching experience and I was, I was experiencing all these, all these other opportunities of, of working and dealing with people and understanding, you know, different ways to make money and, and understanding different skills that I had. And, and I moved out here and I said, shit, what do I do? Um, I just left all my work. (laughs) I mean, I mean, moving to California, I booked a one-way trip, um, to get rid of my, to get away from my ex actually. And I said, and I said, Hey, like I need to, you know, what am I going to do? And at this point I was reading a lot. I started reading a lot of books. And like I said, there were mindset books and there were relationship books. Um, just cause they were like communication, right? They were like based on communication and, and all that. So I started getting active on my Instagram in a sense where I was just sharing, I was just sharing what I knew and about books that I read. And, and when I got to Kelly, my mom said, Hey, did you ever read that book? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus by John Gray. And I said, no, I didn't mom. I don't have time to do that. I need a fucking job. (laughs) And I actually had a job interview the day I moved here. So I set that up. And I got it. Like I had an offer, but I just was putting it on hold. So, so I told her, no, I didn't. Um, and I read the book. I read the book in a couple days and I was like, holy shit, there's a training program through this book. Like John Gray offers a training on gender intelligence. Oh my God, I'm going to take it. So I took the training. I went through it. Sorry, there's sirens. I don't know what's going on in Santa Monica right now. It's crazy. Um, so I took the training, right? And that's how I met my coach. And it was crazy because, you know, I just, I just went with it. And I was like, wait, I need a niche. Like, what do I do? I need a specific type of person I want to work with. And literally within two months, I had an Instagram, my Instagram account up and running. And the next month I had a client and I was like, holy shit. Like I had, I had like 300 followers and I had a client paying me like a good amount of cash. And I was like, okay, like this, this is working. Like so far it's working, you know? And, um, and it was, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Like how, how much it, oh yeah. So I said, I need a niche, you know, I need someone to work with. I need a certain type of person I want to work with before I set up an Instagram. Like, who am I going to speak to? And, and I just thought, you know, how crazy would it be if, if I worked with men and if you guys listen to the, my story episode on my, on this podcast, you'll know that I talk about, I think I talk on that episode more about my, my, uh, damaged like mindset around men. So at this point of just moving, I said, Hey, like my mindset is totally shift because I started this Instagram account with where I was talking about the books I was reading 
and these these men would reach out to me. They were like five men. I still know who they are. They are to this day, and um, I think they know who they are too. And they would reach out to me and just, you know, they had girlfriends or they lived across the country or across the world. Like two of them were in Australia. Um, And they would just like compliment what I was doing and say, hey, Steph, you're doing great. Like, I love what you do. You're so smart. Keep it up. And I never really had that. I never really had like that random male support in that way. And it just really touched me. So like when these guys would reach out to me and really just offer their support and guidance and love in a way that wasn't like, I want to use you and just like screw you, you know, it was totally different from what I was used to, which was that, <laughs> you know, I was used to, I was used to being used. I have like, I have a history of, of that. So, so I never really felt that, that love from men, you know, it was always just like, you know, you're hot or I want your body. And like, you know, it was all about that. And it was never about my brain. It was never about my heart. It was never about who I was. And fuck, I'm getting emotional right now. This is crazy. This is weird. I didn't think this would happen. Um, so yeah, so having these, having these guys say these things to me just changed my mentality around men. And that's actually why I made the move to California and left my, the guy I was with because he was super toxic and he was terrible to me, treating me like shit. And, um, so I said, holy, like, holy crap, like, there's guys like this? Why am I dating this fucking asshole? <laughs> At the time, I don't have that, you know, I wouldn't call him that now. I'm, I'm glad that happened. You know, everything happens for a reason. But, um, but yeah, I was like, I don't need this. Like, there's guys like this. I could, I could have a guy like this or I could surround myself with guys like this. So that's actually what gave me the courage to move to California. And, um, and then when I moved here and I, I read the book and I took the course and I needed a niche, I was like, I'm going to work with men. And it was just like this, yeah, yeah, that's what you're going to do. And it was so sure. Like, guys, I've never been so sure of anything my whole life. And, you know, I, I, I tried a lot of things and I never really had any certainty around any of them except this one. It's, it seriously is like a calling. Like, I just know. Like, and even years ago, I had coaches for for like five years by now, and um, and even the coaches I've had like five years ago, I just like, I I knew like maybe they weren't the right coach for me, but I knew that I would make something out of myself and I would change people's lives, and I just knew that that was my thing, and um, and I would just like tell people like I would tell my mom like I just know I just know it's gonna work I just know something's gonna work it's coming I just know I just know. And it was just like this feeling like I know and I still know. Like I still have that feeling like I'm doing the right thing. I know. Like I know. I just know. <laughs> I can't explain why I know or how I know. I just know. I'm just so sure of what I'm doing. Like there's nothing I'm more sure of. There never has been. I don't think there ever will be because I can't feel more sure. So so yeah, that's pretty much how I got into it. And what made me want to work with men was the fact that like, hey, my mindset was so fucked up you know, in my own head. And I, I don't want there to be other women feeling this way. Cause I don't have to, cause I feel this way. Like if I can love men and appreciate men now, then so can the women who feel how I used to felt, how I used to feel. <laughs> right. And I don't want women feeling that way because they don't have to, like I said, like it's hurting men. It's hurting the women who are feeling that way. Those feelings aren't good. They're toxic. And when you feel really negatively towards someone else, you're hurting no one but yourself. 
So, you know, people say like, oh, I hate this person. Like, I can't fucking stand them. I despise them. Like, okay, but all of your hate isn't going towards them. It's going towards you. When you feel that strongly, the only person really getting hurt is yourself. So why do it to yourself if you don't have to? You know, why? It's only hurting you. It's only holding you back. It's pulling you back. It's keeping you stuck. You don't need to do that. And I don't want women to do that. And I don't want men to feel all this hatred towards women. And what really, what really made me think was, well, if I can work with men, then I can really get in the heads of men and I can understand them. Because I feel like so many women don't understand men and men don't understand women. And I think the first step, I think the first step is to really help men understand us because there's no, I realize there's no, there's not much self-help Um, when it comes to relationships for men, like, you know, the self-help suction is mainly targeted towards women to women. Um, and then on Instagram, you know, you check social media and everything's just, you know, relationships all have hearts and like flowers and everything's so feminine whenever it comes to relationship talk or emotions, it's all like super feminine. So men can't really relate. Therefore, they're not being attracted to it. Therefore, you're not, they're not learning about it. So I said, Hey, like, what if I take a more, you know, masculine approach um, cause I'm not a girly girl. I'm not like hearts and flowers. I hate the color pink. Fuck pink. I wear black. Um, <laughs> you guys know that. Um, and so I'm not the super feminine girl that's like, oh, love is everything. You know, we need love. I'm more like, let me understand your fucking brain. Cause if we can understand where your mindset is and where your focus is, then we can understand your patterns. Right. And if I understand your patterns and your habits and you understand your patterns and your habits, more importantly, then you can change them to become more of what you want to be, to become the man you want to be. And that's that's my intention. Like my whole approach to my coaching is not about flowers and rainbows and love and peace. It's like, <laughs> sure, those things are great, but like that's not what's going to solve the problem. It's understanding why you have the mindset you have that you're unhappy with. And as a man, most of you do have mindsets you're unhappy with because you weren't raised to be open about your feelings and express them regularly or see them see that as the norm you know expressing your feelings should be a normal thing and for men it's not because society doesn't put it that way it's it it um it portrays it as this as this feminine weak thing and you know shame on them too for associating feminine with weakness but and when I say shame on them, it's just like our society as a whole. Like we just like have it all confused, right? Like we're never, we're not really focusing on female strengths and we're not focusing on male strengths and how we feed each other these strengths. It's like too much, we, we're too much under the impression that masculine is strong and feminine is weak. And now like female, like women are getting angry and we're fighting back and we're, we're gaining power, which is amazing. And I'm, I'm so proud of that and happy about that. But at the same time, we want to just sh- we want to show each other that we both need each other. You know, we're the perfect puzzle piece. We really are physically, mentally, emotionally. And if we can learn from each other and use each other for each other's strengths, which is what my last two Instagram posts were about, then we can really just harness our own feminine side and our own masculine side and not be ashamed to express either side of that. So I just thought... I just like knew that this was a, a mission for me, you know, because of what I've, because what I've been through and because my ultimate mission is to also help women who have been through a traumatic, 
events caused by men in their lives. Because there's plenty of women who have been through that and they hold on to this this resentment and they can't let go of it because they're not allowing themselves to heal. And if I can get women to the place of healing themselves, then they can overcome that hatred they have for men. And I want to help men do the same with women, which is why, you know, I'm first starting with men because I want to understand men more. And I think I really have been like, I totally have been through my work. Like it's been insane. And, and even just starting, it's crazy because I think back at all my jobs, you know, the past experiences I've had and the, and the men I'd work with, I worked with when I was, you know, a fitness coach and, and even the guys, the tattoo guys, like the artists and, and all my experiences I've had with all different types of men and people, it really helped me understand like people and relationships and communication and, and, um, and especially in the fitness area, it was like, what, what makes people tick, you know, like what makes, what makes people really want something? Like, why do they want it? How, how hard are they willing to work for it? Why aren't they willing to work harder? And all those questions just came together in this way of like, wow, if I work with men and help them with women, this would, this is something I'm so fascinated by. Like there's nothing more in this earth that I'm more intrigued by than understanding that, that, that power we have over each other, like men and women and just, and just understanding connection and why we think the way we think and what makes us, what makes us think that and why do we want to focus on certain things and what do we really want? You know, what do people really want and why aren't they willing to focus on it? Or why, why can't they, you know, what's stopping them from focusing on it? And, you know, that's a fully loaded, crazy question. But, like, all of, these, all of these questions just intrigue me so much. And they differ. They actually differ based on person to person. So that's what makes my work so exciting, too, is no man is the same. I mean, all the problems are the same, yeah, but his situation personally, you know, has different people in it. It's a different story. Just like the story I told you about my, my past work experience and how it brought me to, to be a relationship coach for men. Like, that's my own story. And that's what makes us so... That's what makes humans so cool. Like we all have our own story and you think your story is not interesting. Like I'm telling the story and I'm like, shit, they're going to be so bored by this story. But I'm sure one of you guys like related to something, right? And shit and said like, oh shit, like I did that. Or yeah, that's crazy. Like, yeah, being a waiter is hard as fuck. Like, you know, or like I have tattoos, like I should be selling them, not you. (laughs) Um, So so it's just cool to like have your own unique story, but at the same time, people relate to it and then people relate to you as a person. And I find that really interesting too. So yeah, that's what brought me to this place and where I am now. And I just, I just really hope to, to reach a lot more men and then eventually work with women as well. But right now I'm just, I'm just working with men and I'm really loving it. Like I really am. I I love, I love what I do. I love the I love the feedback I get. Like you guys are really great to me. Um, really respectful. And it's, that's crazy too, is like, I, I used to attract these guys. Like I used to attract such asshole guys. Like so, such bad guys. Oh, and like, I feel for them now. Cause it's like, Oh, what are they even doing? Like, you know? Um, but, but you know, that's not my problem anymore, but it's just crazy how, when I, I had this focus that, men are assholes, 
right? That was like my the mantra in my head. Men are assholes, men are assholes. And and yeah, I had like a great boyfriend in my twenty my early twenties. He was amazing. Like I had this great guy. I don't even know how I attracted him because he was super great. Um but overall, it was like even with my even with having that great boyfriend, who I still to this day think is like one of the nicest, kindest guys on earth. Um I still just think like I would still have this like overall thought of, well, I don't need a man. Like even with my boyfriend, I'd be like, Yeah, well, whatever. Like, men are stupid. <laughs> men are assholes. And I just that was my focus. So that's like what I saw for the most part. Um the majority of my, the yeah, the majority of my upbringing. And and um what was I going to say? Oh shit. But yeah, and then when I when I decided to shift my focus to okay, now I want to see the good in men. Like when I had those Instagram guys reach out to me, I was like, "Wow, like there are good guys out there. I could just focus here." And when I shifted my focus, crazy things happened. Crazy things. And then I started my Instagram, you know, for my business. And of course I had the thought of like, shit, I'm going to get like hit on all the time. And I'm like, no, but I don't want to attract the guys who are going to hit on me all the time. I'm going to attract this type of guy. And guys, I went full out describing the guy I wanted to attract on my Instagram. Like when I first started, I was like, I want him to be respectful. I want him to be funny. I want him to be this. And I was literally writing out these qualities. I still have a list on my wall who is my ideal client. And it's a bullet point list. And and um, that list has changed over time. But like from the very start starting my Instagram page, I got really specific and intentional. Who do I want to attract? What type of men do I want in my life? What type of men do I want to work with? What type of men, you know, and that's, and that has a say in like how I advertise myself, right? Like I could be putting fitness pictures up. Like I could be, I could be a little bit more risque if I really wanted to. Like I'm a pole dancer, guys. Like you know that. I could be I could be doing other stuff to promote myself, but I'm not because that's not the type of man I want to attract. And we have to be really specific about that. Um, you have to take it seriously. Like, yeah, I could get a shit ton more followers if I put me on a pole with my ass hanging out, but like, that's not what I'm about. That's not what I want. That's not the type of guy I want. You know, I want the guy who, who is seriously, who seriously wants them, wants, uh, this for himself. So I want a guy who's, who's ready for change, who wants to make a commitment and wants to focus on the things in life that will make him stronger. Okay. Not just get him horny and then he likes it and leaves my page. <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm about. And like, you know, whatever, if girls do that, fine, that's great for them. I'm not judging anyone, you know? Um, I'm just saying there, there are things that we can attract and we have to, the more intentional we are about those things, the easier it is to attract them into our life. You just have to get specific and you have to know what you want. And that's always my main message, especially like the first call, the first call I have with men. So if you didn't get your personal evaluation call, let me know. Um, cause that's what this is about. It's just like getting clearer on, okay, where are you are, where are you in your life right now? You know, what's your dissatisfaction level and what do you want? Cause too many of us just aren't clear on what we want. We're just not, we focus way too much on what we don't want and we don't even know what we want. I asked so many guys, what do you want? And they're like, oh, I never really thought about it. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean you haven't thought about it? <laughs> How are you ever going to get it if you don't think about it? So 
it's funny how like sometimes the obvious, we just need someone else to point out the obvious to us because we can't see it. And that's what makes coaching so powerful. Like that's why I have a coach, guys. Like I've had a coach for five plus years now, always. I, I don't go without a coach. I always have someone coaching me and I will for the rest of my life. Like I would never not have a coach because there's always another void. There's always going to be a side you don't see. And especially in the times of, especially at the times of need where you're like, fuck, I don't even know what to do in this situation at all. That's when a coach really helps you most because it's like they point out your blind spots. They show you, hey, like, have you ever thought of this? Like, and why did you use that word? Or why would you say that? Like, what does that relate to? What does that remind you of? And it brings up so much shit to the surface. So you can just be like, oh, I've, I haven't been aware that this has been controlling me my whole life. I'm just going to let it go, you know, because you can't let go something you're not aware of. So that's what coaching does. It gives you clarity. And when you have clarity, it's like a puzzle. When you have all the puzzle pieces, you can put the puzzle together and be like, all right, I'm done. You know, if you're missing pieces, you can't finish the puzzle and it's just sitting there and it's driving you crazy. Does that make sense? I just made that up. I hope that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, guys, that's my story um, that's my story of how I became a relationship coach for men. And I hope it was entertaining enough. Um, and the reason why I talked about all my jobs was just to like, just to remind you that there are life lessons in everything. And even if you can go through your jobs now, like th- those were only my jobs in my, you know, in two years of my life where I had all those in like a matter of two years. But like, I always look back on every, like every job I had, like from when I was 15, Like, what did I learn about this? Like, what did I learn from that? What did I take away from this? What skill did I pick up here? Because everything really does happen for a reason and everything teaches us something, right? I was just on the phone with one of my clients and he was like, yeah, I went to this, I went to this one event and it was really disappointing. But then again, I learned this. And then this person asked me this question. It was really interesting. And then I answered her and I was really excited to have that conversation. And then I learned this and like the speaker said this and it was really cool. And I was like, See how you just like flipped that, <laughs> like flipped that whole thing and took notice of what you learned from it and like what you got out of it. And, you know, I've been working with him for a couple months, so he was able to to flip that quickly. And that's what we need to do. Like we need to see even the negative situations in our life and just say, OK, but there definitely was a lesson here. So what was it? And let's point that out, because the more you can see opportunities, the more opportunities come to you. So you just have to get better at looking looking at them and seeking them out. All right? I can go on and on. <laughs> so I have to stop this. My voice is getting raspy. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, guys, that is it for today. Uh, like I said, I hope you enjoy this. I hope you got something out of it. And it, I know it was more, it was more personal, um, personal story, personal podcast, which I don't usually do. So... Um, yeah, I apologize for getting emotional. No, I don't apologize. Never mind. Emotions are fine. <laughs> I am embracing them. They're honest and authentic. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys have an amazing night or day or morning, wherever you are in the world. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>